Uh, last week, you, uh, you read Articles 1, 2, and 3, and now we are looking at Article 4 in the, bell, in, uh, in the fifth head of doctrine. Um, it's called the perseverance of the saints, but we understand it's the perseverance of God for the saints. You see the emphasis. We persevere because God perseveres in and through and for us. That's what we're confessing. So the primary focus of this particular head of doctrine is the work of the Holy Spirit, who does that work in us. As I said, we've been uh, focusing on, uh, we're focusing on this fifth head of doctrine. In the past, we looked at uh, the Father, God the Father, who calls according to his purpose, and then we looked at communion, the communion of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And also we began to look at the Holy Spirit, who is the one who regenerates us and delivers us from the d- domain of slavery to sin. And now we're looking at the w- continuing work of the Holy Spirit, the war that we are facing. We're in a battle. Uh, again, back in Article 2, it says, Daily sins of infirmity arise, and blemishes cleave unto the very best works of the saints. These are to them a perpetual reason to humble themselves before God, to flee for refuge to Christ, crucify uh, Christ crucified, to mortify the flesh more and more by the spirit of prayer and holy exercise of piety, and to press forward to the goal of perfection, until at length delivered from this body of death, they shall reign with the Lamb of God in heaven. So did you hear that? What are we called to do? Humble ourselves. Is that what we did when we read the, the, the law? We should have, right? We looked at ourselves and we compared ourselves with the standard and we realized, oh, I've sinned again. I humble myself. Are, are we called to be humble people? Relying on him, not ourselves. Is that part of sin, is relying on myself? Looking to myself, I can do this. Humbling ourselves before God, fleeing for refuge to Christ crucified. There's, we did that too, didn't we? Do you do it daily? Do you confess your sins? Do you look to Christ? Do you see the cross at any point in your daily life? You should. Put off, put to death the old man, the flesh, and... Holy exercise of piety, he talks about, walking in holiness and pressing forward in faith. So that's what they were talking about last week. Now we come to Article 4. How easy is it to be deceived? You know, I've heard it been said that one of the most susceptible people to being deceived are deceivers. In particular, talking about used car salesmen, right? They are easily easily deceived, which is kind of interesting thought. But it is how easy we can be deceived. Even when we're holding to the truth, we can easily pervert it and turn and turn it into a cloak of wickedness. Can you do that? Can you take the grace of God and use it? To sin? Oh, I'm saved by grace alone, faith in that on myself, and so on. So let us sin that grace may abound. Is that in the Bible? 
Let us sin that grace may abound. Is that in the Bible? No, but is it in the Bible? That's amen. Let us sin that grace may abound. Paul says it, quoting somebody else, and then what is his answer? May it never be. God forbid. But we do deal with it. Now here we begin the truth of God's sovereign and irresistible persevering grace. God's grace perseveres. Again, one of the things that we need to remember is that grace is not just, okay, here I received it, and then God walks away, and I've got grace. Is there anybody, is there churches that teach that? That grace is a noun. It's something I get, and then I can drop. I can lose. Now, grace, yeah, there is uh, grace is a noun, but it's also connected to what? The giver. Does the giver walk away from the grace that he gives? Or is he involved? What do you think? Is he involved? Does God leave us to figure it out on ourselves? Or does he live with us, work with us? Grace is a verb. Grace, so that's why I like to say the perseverance of God for the saints. That's the point. Some have concluded, because it is true, believers will persevere in this life without any sin. Is that true? Has there ever been a a believer in Jesus Christ, once they've received Christ, they've never sinned? The person who says that have just did. Scripture speaks about the war, and our our statement there, our confession article 4 says that. Converts are not always so influenced and actuated by the Spirit of God as to not, in some particular instances, sinfully to deviate from the guidance of divine grace. Okay, that's a lot of words to say we still sin. Right? We aren't sin anymore. That's in Adam. If you're still in Adam, if you're not trusting in Christ alone for salvation, you are sin, you do sin, you need Jesus, right? You need the gospel. But if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're resting in him alone for salvation, you're a saint who sins. Is that what a saint does, should do? As a saint, a saint doesn't, shouldn't sin, when we sin, we're acting contrary to who we are. Okay? That's why we have to deal with it. We fight against sin and the devil in this life, Catechism Question 32 says. So what do we see here in God's solution? Look at that notice that at the very end of the leader section. They must therefore be constant in watching and prayer that they may not be led into temptation. What does it mean to watch? It means to be on your guard. Are you on your guard concerning your besetting sins? We all have them. There are certain sins that we fall into. How about pride? I think we all fall into that one. I can do that. I know that that's a besetting sin with me. That's why I'm saying it. But is it yours? I can do it. I want to do it. I, I. 
We have to be on, on our guard. The devil deceived Eve, but Adam was called to guard the garden and his wife. How'd he do? Failed. He was not on his guard. He should have rebuked that serpent. Serpents don't talk. What are you doing talking? Who are you? What are you doing? Get out of here. Did he do that? No, he's passive. We have to be watchful. As a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, I'm getting ready. On Friday, I'll be exhorting or charging David Wojtek with his call to be a pastor. And my, just for you that aren't going to be listening, my sermon, uh, my charge is watch and pray. What does it say here? They must therefore be constant in watching and praying. I didn't, I didn't take it from there, but is that important? Watch. Watch out, watch out. Prayer. Help, Lord. Finally, there's a warning here. A pastoral concern. When watching and praying is neglected, we're not only liable to be drawn into great and heinous sins by the flesh, the world, and the devil, but sometimes God allows us to do that. And he says, and it says, well, think about David. David, a man after God's own heart, did he crash and burn more than once, big time? Adultery, murder, disobeying God, counting the people when God said not to and many died. Plague came. You could go through. David is a man after God's own heart, and he crashed and burned. What about Peter? Peter ever blow it? Be it Peter ever sin? Oh, I'm not going to deny you, Lord. They're all going to leave you, but not me. How many times did the cock crow? Did the rooster crow? Three times? Or the co No, he denied him three times, and the cock crew. And he went out and wept bitterly, and Jesus had to restore him. Are you stronger than David? Than Peter? Than the saints of all? In yourself? No. In Christ? Is Christ strong? Can Christ deliver? Is the Spirit almighty? Able? So we need to be on our guard. Watch and pray. Peter says it this way, Take heed how you stand, lest you fall from your own steadfastness. And Peter's speaking from first-hand experience, isn't he? No, it is God who perseveres for the, uh, for the saints, but yet he calls us to persevere. Watch and pray. Amen? Amen.